Greetings. Before we get started, the Whole Ugly Truth crew wants to thank you very much for helping us to keep our show going. Despite their awesomeness, Jamie and Paula are not radio DJs, professional comedians, or celebrities. So it's only by your loyalty and sharing the show that the ugly truth continues to grow. So thanks, honorary Uggs, or hugs as we like to call you. We really appreciate the support. And now, on with the show. You love them because they remind you of your sisters and BFFs. It's the Uggs. Jamie? Do I admit now that I'm wet, or do I wait? (laughs) It's like, good God! And Paula. And yet you were about to put a white-wrapped ball in your mouth. Uncensored as always, it's time for the Ugly Truths. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Ugly Truth Hour. <laughs> I don't appreciate that you've stolen that from me. Hello, friends. It just sounds so disingenuous when you say it. You think it's you don't think it's disingenuous when you say it? No, because I really mean it. What, you don't think I mean it? I, I just mean it. You, I you just the way you say it. It's almost like sarcastic. <laughs> okay, but you fine. know, when I say, I'm like, hello, friends. You know, oh, right. Okay, like, I see. So I'm a total fake and you're authentic. Is that it? No, I think it's just more of a way to <laughs> put a jab at some of the things that I say. Oh, you're so self-involved. Right. It has nothing to do with you. I just stole it. As you are. And last week's show is even proof because <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm all, it must be nice to have the the producer be your husband because, you know, that'll get you 40 minutes of airtime. And, you know, what? meanwhile... You are so wrong. You are so (laughs) wrong. Listen, you are all ugly cuts, by the way. And I told Daryl, I I actually told producer Deb, I said, listen, I'm cut cut like a fart. That's great. I told told him, I said, you have to be a little more aware. I realize that Paula can drone on because when you're telling a story and there's nothing wrong with it, a lot of people this way, you're very thorough. You you make sure that everything on your mental checklist is said in your story. Gotcha. And that's fine. But, you know, for time purposes, especially like when we traditionally go over an hour, he's got to make the cut. And so he's like, how can I get this story succinct, still funny, and not losing any of its flavor? And so... Your stories tend to go on a little bit longer than mine. And so that is why. And I said, you really got to stop making it the polish show and ugly cuts, not because I'm having an issue, but because it sounds like you cut everything that she says out of the show. And that's not cool. Well, he does. No, just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) And he's like, and he got this look on his face and he felt horrible. Oh, (laughs) he felt so bad. So now he's He's going to feel really bad when I say that. (laughs) Well, no, he, but he, but he's making a conscious effort to make sure that he's not specifically picking on your stories so i I said good because it's the ugly truth we're all ugly we're all here together Uh it's not you know he's like hey and then he gets defensive hey i can just let you guys run on and then no one will listen after hour one. That's you his, go right ahead. That's his go-to every week. He starts threatening me. And I said, hey, here's an idea. Why don't you show me how to do the editing? And then we'll just completely take you out of the equation. Jeez. We can do that, too, if you'd don't like. Don't you guys get sick of having the same fight every week? Um, <laughs> it's not every week, but <laughs> it does occur. And that's that's Frequently. And then suddenly, yeah, suddenly he's like, 
That's not what I'm saying. I love being your producer. That's not what I'm saying. I said, then we need to be able to have these discussions without us threatening each other. I would get out like a vinyl record that's broken in half (laughs) and I would just hand (laughs) it to him. I'd be like, here you go. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, welcome to the ugly truth. Oh, I guess we didn't. We didn't yet. We hadn't opened. We had three minutes of discussion. Jeez. I'm sure it'll get cut. Don't worry. No. Well, I mean, I don't know. What do I know? (laughs) I'm not the producer. So what do I know? Episode 127. Welcome, listeners of iHeartRadio. Welcome, Stitcher. If you're out there, iTunes, hello. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and sharing with your friends. We appreciate all of the downloads and the listens very, very much. We really do. And we're constantly amazed <laughs> at the amount of download. They never go down. It's so exciting. Right? And some days we just have random spikes. Like the other day, mm-hmm. we had like a huge download, download day. And I'm day. like, what is it? What what, what happened? You know, is, is know. there an announcement or a billboard or, you know, <laughs> did somebody, what? Did someone famous say something? Yeah. In fact, I know what you're talking about. Producer Deb actually went out of his way to text me. Oh my God. Huge download day today. Yeah. yeah it was and a big that's one. when I know it's big. If he's excited about it, I know it must've been a big download day. So we do appreciate those downloads. Okay. So really quick, because it's on the top of mind and it will be probably for a while without getting political because it's nothing that's not something that I want to journey into Paula and I both have been in media Mm -hmm. most of our adult life off and on Mm -hmm. and this uh, situation in Roanoke Virginia the CBS affiliate WDBJ Miss Allison Parker and her cameraman Adam Wood were gunned down by a disgruntled crazy person alive and this this individual fortunately offed himself. Right. Thank God. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I'm glad he's dead. I don't I, think I just it's am. terrible at all. No, and I and I understand that this does open the pathway to discussions of mental health, gun control, danger, uh, the journalists encounter. Uh, social media and how it's utilized and how we all have instant access to horrific uh, content sites. All of it is valid and should be discussed. But really knowing I know journalists, Paula, you obviously know many journalists in Mm -hmm. Sacramento. The idea that this would happen in such a, such a tiny little town. These are very lovable people. And to have this person, they little to me were hunted down by this individual is devastating and saddening. And I just feel for her fiance, who is clearly a a professional, just an awful situation. And I just offer them our, from our small little corner of the world, our, our love and support for that. And for the journalists who were profoundly affected, I can only imagine what that must feel like. It's just got to be horrible. So our love to you people. Yes. And we respect your hard work. Yeah. I worked for a TV station for uh, about five years. You know, news is a huge part of that. And if you think about it, I mean, we send these people out to report the news and particularly in Sacramento, it's not good news. And so they are going into sketchy neighborhoods, all these dangerous places, you know, and putting their life on the line. And, and, you know, yes, this is the job that they've chosen, but it it's no less any dangerous, you know, just to bring us, you know, Two two minutes of information, you know, of of what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it is. 
And it, and you're right. They are essentially the second people to show up after first time response, you know, first responders. They're right there to give us the visuals that we want to see. And now, you know, they're tweeting pictures and they're sending us stuff, you know, real time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're right in the heart of it. And that's, you know, it's funny because you think, oh, well, things like this just don't happen. And actually they happen all the time. It's just, this was so uh, traumatic and probably one of the first real time things that a lot of people saw happen really, really shows you how fleeting life is. And, you know, all of those other subject matters that come up in, in for debate on social media or, you know, when you're talking to your friends over cocktails or coffee, which it's just for the most part, I appreciated yesterday that people were able to not step up to their platforms and, yeah. and say anything. There was one or two that I saw and I'm just like, you know, can can these people even get cold before you start, <laughs> you know, going on yeah. about your rant or your whatever right. it is that you it's just, you know, there's there's a, just a certain uh, indecency in mm. in these people vomiting their opinion already. I know about the things, the subjects that come up from the it's deaths. Awful. Of these two. And I'm just like, you right. know, can we just allow these families to grieve without having to turn on the second. computer yeah. to see all of these horrible opinions about things that their loved one's deaths have right. catapulted to the front page again? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and so with that being said, I just I do. We both were obviously saddened and knowing journalists who put their, you know, their safety, many times safety out on the line for us to have the news you know, we, we feel for them and their families, and I'm just so saddened that of their losses. So, yes, we hope that they can be at peace, you know, mm -hmm. very, very soon. You know, for the rest of the journalists that had to continue on, like like business as usual, you know, we support you. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're grateful for the job that you do. Very much so. So, on with the show. All right. I have an, a retraction. Now, Daryl and I were able to attend an event in San Francisco last weekend called Eat Drink SF. And it's an annual event where all of the uh, top restaurants come to the marina over by the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, God, I can't think of the name of it. I'm sure Daryl knows and I can't remember it. But anyway, it's a really nice part of the marina over by the oh, Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, is it like Sausalito? No, it's no, no, no. It's near... Um, Oh, fuck. Now I'm going to have to look it up because I can't remember the name. Tiburon? <laughs> no, no. That's on the other side. Hold on. I'll tell you right now. Presidio? I'll tell you right now where it is. It is. It's in a really great place, too. The Presidio? <laughs> the Presidio. Yeah. Yes. It's there. God damn it. I hated that I couldn't remember that. I beat anyway. you. Ha ha! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You have faster fingers than I do. The competitive spirit doesn't end when you get old. It doesn't. Always competitive, even with your own sisters. Oh, especially, actually. But I know it's even worse. So Daryl and I went to this event called Eat Drink San Francisco, Eat Drink SF. And it's just a really cool thing. There's There were some wineries there. There was a lot of... Um, whiskey and Templeton rye oh, and okay. some vodkas. Really cool place. So like actually like the actual vendor. 
Yes. And they were there promoting their brand, but it was just a really cool place to celebrate these great restaurants. We had VIP access, which means that we got to get in 45 minutes prior to the event beginning, which was great because it was the great, it was called the evening grand tasting. And it was, yes, the festival pavilion at Fort Mason. The tickets were not cheap. They were $200 a piece. Well, I'm guessing you didn't pay that. Well, no, the media partner, the media partner did not, yeah. but, but for the general, it was still 110 a ticket. Yeah. It was not a cheapy event. This is a nice highfalutin event. And there was coffee there, water. I mean, like every cool thing, Stella, Stella Artois was there. You have to clarify when you said there was coffee and water. I'm like, yeah, so were there, <laughs> so were, uh, those items at the donut meetings I went with mom at her real estate agent Our, meeting. Fine. Here's some of the, here's some of the events. You won't, you, you won't know any of the restaurants because I didn't know a lot of them either, okay. but these are some of the names of the restaurants that were there. Uh, Blue Stem Brasserie, Wayfair Tavern, which is Tyler Florence's restaurant was there. Scoma's, which is is one of the main restaurants we on the pier. We know Gomez. Yes, they were there. The Presidio Social Club, Lamar Seberichia, Locanda, Marlowe, the Mission Rock Resort. I mean, there was all these really mm. fancy schmancy Tyler places. Florence had a restaurant there. Wayfair Tavern, we've been there. It was awesome. And then here's the other thing. We're in the VIP section, and he showed up and started serving people. Tyler Florence uh, did? Yes, and I'm so mad is that I missed that. Is he kind of the puffy one that... Oh, no. He is... He's a stone fox. He's so my kind of guy. That's all you have to know. Anyway, we stayed at the Mark Hopkins Hotel, the Intercontinental Hotel, and uh-huh. that is right across the street from the Fairmont on in Knob Hill yeah. in San Francisco. Now, I did pout... Did There was a bit of a pout because we didn't stay at the Fairmont. <laughs> Because the Fairmont's really, really nice. But the Mark Hopkins was actually lovely. Really, really nice. And we got upgraded to a top floor. We had we had panoramic views of everything from the Golden Gate Bridge to the mission um, over on the other side of the hills. It was a it was a beautiful hotel. Super happy. Everything was perfect. It with the exception that it wasn't the Fairmont. Except that it wasn't the Fairmont. Why, and why had- do you have to complain about one thing? <laughs> It, then I just wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be me if I didn't find one flaw in the perfect. I think if you actually were a hundred percent satisfied, Daryl would have to find a flaw because he'd be like, what, <laughs> "Who are you? What, what, Something's not right." What happened to my wife? <laughs> yeah, really. No, it was really, really nice, and it's a it's it's a historical hotel. It's a considered a historical part of San Francisco. Well, Knob Hill. I always call it Snob Hill because it's well. super nice. It is super nice, for sure. So we walked in, enjoyed everything. But the retraction that I'm going to make before I tell you about everything else was Joel Riddell is a very, very well-known food and wine connoisseur. He has a podcast on iHeartRadio. He, in fact, he interviewed Nick Nappy a couple of weeks ago. It was a great interview if you haven't heard it. You can find it on iHeartRadio. Just search for Joel Riddell. Anyway, he was hosting the main stage for the evening. And, oh, the podcast name is Dining Around. So after he did his hosting, and I'll tell you about that later, I pulled him aside because I had to ask him. He knows everybody, and he's good friends with everybody you could possibly imagine. Is he like a nerdy guy with glasses? No, he's very, oh, God, he's so adorable. I must have spelled his name wrong. He's just adorable. It's... Joel, R-I-D-D-E-L-L. 
Anyway, so cute. Um, he, I pulled him aside. I had met him and his husband and I said, I have to ask you a personal question. It's not personal per se, but I just need to know since he knows every chef known to man, what's the deal with Giada? I hear she's horrible. Oh my God. And he goes, I've heard that too. And I said, so what's the deal? Is she? And now my initial question was, is she a whore? But it did wasn't you that kind ask of that? No, I did not. Oh, and I said, is. what's the deal with Giada here? She's terrible. He goes, you know, I've heard that too. He goes, and it must be from people who get her at the end of a book tour or the end of a long event or something like that. He goes, my interactions with her are nothing but amazing. And I said, really? And I said, I'm so actually pleasantly happy to hear that. Really? Because I used to love Giada. But then she went through a weird phase where she was kind of horned it up on TV and she changed. But... Well, maybe Food Network had her change. It's I mean, possible. they're the ones that basically, you know, say what you're going to wear. Do so. wear, right. So he said that he did an event in Miami and she was there getting ready to do one of those big, you know, main stage. Oh, there's a huge, uh, like, Food Network event, I think, yes. in Miami. Right. So he was there covering it and he was going to be uh, scanning. He was going to be at, he was basically emceeing her demonstration. And so he was in the back with her and she was prepping and getting ready to go. And she said, what's that huge tablet in your, the back of your pants? And he said, oh, these are all the questions I'm allowed to ask you. You were, I was vetted by your people. And these are the questions that they said I could ask you. And she said, really? Get rid of those. I have no secrets. You can ask me anything you want. You do not have to do that. And he said, are you sure? <laughs> she said, yes. He goes, well, the thing is, is I'm actually going to be having audience members ask you questions while you're doing your, your, your demo. How do you, you know, how do you want to handle that? She goes, they can ask me whatever they want. I will answer anything. I don't care. Because she does not like being handled. She oh. doesn't like oh. being handled. Well, that's so, cool. Yeah. So he goes, all right, here we go. And he went out there and he said, it was brilliant. She is super personable. She is very real. Nothing like the stories you hear about. And I said, thank you so much because I am publicly retracting my opinion of Giada because that is absolutely the opposite of what I thought. And every, every woman is allowed to go through a bad phase in their life and look like a whore. Have we all? I've done it. I mean, we've all done it. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, uh, if you've ever been through a divorce, I mean, exactly. It, it and can she happen. Was. And that's exactly what was happening. And so to me, I'm like, shame on me for making assumptions on somebody like that, especially someone I used to really like. So well, on maybe. Me. Uh, you know, like I said, maybe Food Network was a little bit tired of the tame image, you know, maybe because, you know, they had freaking Paula Dean and that lady Ugh. who the pioneer woman and, you know, <laughs> right. I don't know who right. else, the barefoot fucking Contessa. I hate that lady on a garden. <laughs> yeah. They needed some good looking wool. So I just thought she was good looking wool. Yeah. So, yes. So my opinion of this one discussion I had with Mr. Joel Riddell has completely changed my mind on Giada. And I'm I'm going to cut her some slack because shouldn't we all just give each other a little slack every once in a while? Good so for you, I think it that's, could have been the alcohol, but big still. Please don't make me sound like I'm the only one in, in the two of us that didn't like Giada. I you never really cared. 
Oh my God, Miss Backpedal. Okay. No, Stephanie was the one that had the opinion about her. I didn't particularly care. I'm like, I don't care if she screws Bobby Flay or the big face John Mayer or whoever else she does. And, you know, when I watch her little shows, I'm like, I like the food that she cooks. Listen to you. You know what? I'm so glad we don't have a board where I can go back and listen to what you've said about Giada. No, we only have, I don't know, a hundred and something episodes that you could probably sift through if you want. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I, I used to like Giada long ago like a long time ago Mm -hmm. and then when i started realizing that she doesn't really do any cooking that she just boils water and puts red sauce on stuff (laughs) you know she doesn't really cook she doesn't create anything that i couldn't do myself well i watch her for like ideas of things that i can make so right you know the but i mean even then sometimes she gets a little too like I don't like when people get really happy about food. <laughs> like, it's just, mm, you know, oh like they're my like. mouth. It's so delicious. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, I'm like, just pour the sauce and tell me what's the next <laughs> step because yeah. I really don't want to, like, watch you have an orgasm with, you know, a snap pee in your mouth. <laughs> it's like, I'm over it. If you're anything like the Uggs, you must love shopping. The Ugly Mall at UglyTruth.com is a great place to do just that. Especially if you do what Jamie and Paula did and sign up for an Amazon Prime membership. I mean, who doesn't like free and unlimited two-day shipping? And right now, you can get a 30-day trial of Amazon Prime for free if you use the link in our Ugly Mall. You'll find Amazon and other online shopping links there just by visiting UglyTruth.com. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Anyway, on with the on with the discussion of the Eat Drink SF. Shockingly, no awkward moments. If you can believe it. Uh, that's not what I heard. What? What are you talking about? Uh, I thought you guys watched a, a certain chef prepare a, a meal. <gasps> that wasn't an awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was Maybe moment. not for you. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, what I was looking forward to was Chef Michael Chiarello was going to be on stage at 8 o'clock on the main stage to uh, do a demo. Uh-huh. And apparently, based on what he was saying, first of all, Michael Chiarello is adorable. He's not necessarily... I never looked at him and thought, oh, he's so good looking, but he has a lot of uh, chutzpah. What do you call that? Chutzpah? Chutzpah. Is he Jewish? No, he's Italian. That's even know. better. <laughs> he's He's got a lot of uh, bravado. Charm? Well, he is charming, um, but what's funny is he has a really gravelly voice because he had been working at Bottega, his restaurant in, in Napa. Oh, probably been shouting all day, yeah. Yeah, and then he came over to do this demo at 8. And so he showed up, and um, he has his, you know, he puts on his little Bottega, you know, uh, chef's coat, and he's going to prepare polenta for all of us. Now, if you've ever been to Bottega in Napa Valley, or it's in Yountville specifically, their polenta under glass is one of the best things I've ever eaten. It's so good. Polenta under glass? 
Yes, it's very, very good. Super rich with this really rich mushroom sauce. It takes hours to make, which is why I would never make it. I would just go. I'd rather drive the two hours to go eat it than try to find all these ingredients and make it. It's divine. It's one of those things you simply just go to. You just go and eat it. You don't even attempt to replicate it. Why would you? It's so delicious. So we were really excited about it. We got there. We got to the stage a little late, so we didn't get to sit down. There was like a few tables set up where you could sit and watch, and then they were handing out samples of everything he made. So we had to stand kind of on the side, but we were close to the stage. And um, they hadn't asked anybody to leave yet, thank goodness. And so we were just standing there. And then he comes down. He starts introducing himself to all the people who are sitting down waiting for the demo to start. And I was really annoyed. I'm like, couldn't you have kicked yourself for just not being there on time? Yes, I was so mad. What was holding you guys up? We were we were right by there, but we were talking to um, actually we we're talking to Joel because he was getting ready to MC the demo, and he knows Chef Chiarello very well. He's known him for years, and so he was saying, "Oh yeah, they've been trying to get him to come to Eat Drink SF for three years, and he just simply couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And finally, he's able to do it, and they're just it was all everybody was all a buzz that Mike that Chef Chiarello was going to be coming, and so it was a huge get. Yeah, I. Was- was even surprised when i saw the picture i'm like oh my gosh i'm like mm-hmm. ryan look and yeah. because we watch all those cooking shows and he's like oh, yeah. which one is he i'm like okay remember the kitchen inferno i'm like he's <laughs> the one just below like the iron chef yes on the show yes you're right so we uh when we went to go take a seat they were all gone and i mean really we're talking like 40 seats there wasn't that many so it was okay that we just stood and so he started doing his thing he swears a lot and he was down off the stage and talking to everybody and they were saying you know chef you need to be on the stage you need to start your demo you only have 20 minutes he goes 20 minutes he goes you guys have been begging me to come here for three years and you're giving me 20 goddamn minutes i don't think so yeah. and so he was he already started rebelling immediately so he gets up there with his beautiful uh, general manager who runs his restaurants she's just adorable so she's helping him out and he's he's drinking beer and he said you know I'm, I'm i need i'm thirsty can i get another beer so she goes over to the stella booth across the way and she's still mic'd and she's like um may i have some stellas for the chef on stage please and they're just like as quickly as possible they're getting him as many beers as he wants and you know they're they're catering to him because this is a big deal yeah here so he's going through. Now the the Eat Drink SF people are behind him going, you have 90 seconds. And he goes, I don't think so. He goes, I'm, I'll am i be done when I'm done. I mean, who and else so was going to take the stage? There was another uh, main stage guest coming up from the Presidio Social Club. And then a beer sommelier was coming up to do a tasting. Um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I know I get it. But they were getting 30 minutes, and he they were only giving Chef Chiarello 20, which I think is a travesty. That was poor planning on the, his, their part. They should have at yeah. least, you know, blocked out two hours just in case, you know, he wanted to go crazy and do something. Exactly. And so, and really, he was just enjoying so much being in front of the audience that he stopped caring about time. So... He's making his polenta, he's talking, and then he starts, he's going to make a red sauce. And so he starts making this tomato sauce, and he said, 
you know, if you've ever made your own tomato sauce and, you know, you get everything, you know, seeded and, and peel the skin off and it's really watery. And I went, yeah, because I make my own tomato sauce. I, I make it at least twice a week. I make my own tomato sauce. And he looked right at me when I said, yeah, like I just must have hit his ear perfectly. And he saw me and he turned and then he just starts talking to me and he's staring at me, talking to me. He goes, you know what you need to do? He goes, you keep the skins on the pectin releases. And he's like, and then you have thick, meaty tomato sauce. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so funny. And then he went on to do his thing. And I, and Daryl, he goes, you had a moment. And I go, I did. Like, do I admit now that I'm I went, or do I? Wait? I had a thick, meaty moment. <laughs> it's like, good God! Oh. It was so lovely. And then options was like, options is here mm. for all to see. Yeah. You know, options like, was pushing Daryl off the Golden Gate Bridge. They're like, who are you again? <laughs> so then, of course, because I'm an animal. Afterwards, oh, I'm like, God, you couldn't just let it go. I did let it go. We didn't do anything too. I didn't do anything. Oh. Options. We didn't do anything too. Similar. I just want to make sure you know you didn't like <laughs> wait in line to shake his hand or something. No. Oh no. You know we didn't. Um, nothing at all. In fact, he, and he actually left. He went off into the night, into the Napa night, to do whatever he does with. I went to his Sausalito home, or he went to his his uh, estate home in Yountville with his beautiful wife. And their four children, and you Probably. know, lived his life. But for a few scant seconds, I was his and he was mine. Oh, for God's so. sakes. <laughs> no, but it was cool because I did learn something. And, and Daryl's like, and you learned, you got straight from the professional's mouth. And I said, yes, now I know why my sauce is so wet. Now I know how to thicken it. Well, good for you. It was neat. It was actually very, that made my whole evening. And then the rest of the evening, we tried all these different things. What was funny is, of course, the people watching was outrageous. That was the fun part, actually, for me. Was it like, down. you know, really rich people or? No, there was food. There were foodies. And you could tell, you know, in the VIP section, there was a lot of writers and maybe food bloggers, probably people I should have known. There was some very wealthy looking um, old men, you know, sitting around with their wives, gossiping. Just, you know, your typical, like, we got in for free and we're, I'm just making my presence known so that I can say I went kind of people. Mm. But it was, you know, I would, I definitely want to do it again for sure. I mean, it was really well done. And so, okay. So we finish and cause it, it's only three hours long. So we're oh, on okay. our way out. Daryl's a huge fan of Uber. He loves Uber, especially like in the, the city. taxi service. It is. It's Uber's actually, I'm a convert and I'll tell you why we got picked up in a taxi from the hotel to go to the event. Mm-hmm. It was a very um, large Armenian type person. Oh, and did you think you were going to die? Uh, he took the long way on purpose, which always pisses me off yeah, when taxis do that. They do that. It fucking makes me mad. I was sitting there just steaming, steaming, because I knew he was taking his damn time. And then they go like 100 miles an hour, like between Ugh. each block. <laughs> it just made me so crazy. I'm like, this is the long way. No question. It was a mile away. And it was like a $15 cab ride. Yeah, it, it should just, have been. I was going to say most like places from A to B in San Francisco, if you take a cab, is $8. Everything's $8. He was really dragging his oh, ass. He was overcharging. There was probably a lot of people he was driving that night. Hated it. And so what? So Daryl and I are sitting. The taxi floor is filthy. 
it's just filthy. There's like, well, you don't touch anything. No, but I mean, the floor, there was like garbage and like straw remnants and dirt. And uh, he kept leaning on his, he did. And you know what? I hate it when taxi drivers don't have their windows down. Because I feel like I can smell their bodies, and so well, why didn't you roll down your window? I did, oh, okay. but I, it like that doesn't help. And then I'm downwind to everything because I was behind oh, him. That's true, yeah. So he kept at stop signs or stoplights. He would lean his body onto his window and then lay his head and start looking down, like on the ground outside of him, outside of the vehicle. Well, what is what is he looking for? An escape. It would have been fine by me, actually. Yeah, really. Um, and then, Daryl, every time we made, of course, a, an abrupt stop, we would hear, like, liquid. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? And so, finally, I turn around, and there is a box of crap in his hatchback with a giant bottle that looks like an old vinegar jar. You know those big jugs of vinegar you can buy for pickling and stuff? <laughs> you were in a hatchback? It was a Prius, yeah. Ew. And it, was, and it was a big jug of water surrounded by a bunch of garbage, like socks and shoes and newspapers. And it was just disgusting. Did I tell you about the time I tried to flag down a, ta- a taxi in San Francisco? <laughs> no. But it was just a bright yellow car. <laughs> <laughs> and they're looking at you like, uh, I'm like, taxi, no. taxi. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I put my arm down. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> so I turned to Daryl and I said, I am an Uber convert after this ride. I never want to get in another cab as long as I live in this city. So we're waiting for our Uber to come and pick us up from the Presidio. And we're going to head back to the hotel. Our hotel has a, a classic historical bar at the top of it that we wanted to go to before it got too late. And so Uber comes and we get in, and it is like a brand new car. Wow. Then uh, Daryl had accidentally clicked Uber pool, which means that you're willing to share a ride with another person within the area to lower the price of your ride. First of all, I didn't care. But second, it's a, there's like three options. Uber pool, which means you'll share a ride with somebody that's within your vicinity. Okay. Uber X, which is the one where you just get exclusive your own. And then there's another Uber where you can get like a town car to come and get you. Like a limo practically will come and pick you up. Oh, like a so true car three... service. Right. So we always do the middle one where we just have some guy pick us up and we go to our destination. Well, this one was the pool. So we sit in, we're sitting in the car. He goes, I'm sorry. And, and I said, it doesn't matter to me. So we were sitting there and um, his name is Tyrone. Oh, okay. And so we're sitting there with Tyrone. So the three of them had a nice chat? No, no, no. Tyrone's the driver. Oh, oh. I no. thought you said the, the, the guy you picked up was no, Tyrone. No, the, the guy we picked up at Safeway was Andrew. Andrew! You picked up Andrew from Safeway. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we picked up Andrew from Safeway with his Canada, Diet Canada Dry. <laughs> and so he comes, he gets in the car. And so it's me and Daryl and Tyrone and Andrew. And we're all in Tyrone's car listening to really cool Jamaican music. And we're okay. driving through the city. And I said, you know what? If I had to live in the city, this is where I would live by the Presidio. It's so beautiful here. Yeah. It's and nice there. well, it's, I think it's where everybody very wealthy probably lives. It's very, very nice. So we're sitting there now in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there singing a song in my brain. I think you better call Tyrone. What? You know that song? No. <gasps> you don't know that song? Oh, it's a great song. Erica Badu sings it. 
I think you better call Oh, you know what? I wasn't really a fan of hers. Oh, it's a great song. I think there's only one version. It's like the live version of it. Anyway, I impressed Daryl at the, at the, we went to a winery on Sunday and he's like, I am so impressed that you know that song. I said, I know (laughs) I'm not as white as you think. I know I look white, but I'm actually not that white. So Daryl and I are reviewing the event and I said, oh, really? This Joel was so great. Blah, blah, blah. Chiarello, our moment. Da, da, da. Food, blah, blah, blah. And then Andrew turned around. He goes, you know, I'm a producer of Eat, Drink, SF. Good for you, Andrew. And we're like, Andrew, that's fabulous. We loved it. It was so great. He goes, I really appreciate the feedback. I really, really do. And I said, well, you are really, really welcome. We have nothing bad to say. And so we were just so, we were thrilled. We're like, we loved Joel Riddell. We loved the, the main stage, the VIP area. Everything was just flawless. He goes, well, thank you so much. And I said, well, what are you doing with Canada Dry? You should be off celebrating. He goes, well, my partner is very, very sick. And we're supposed to go to Spain tomorrow. Oh. So I said, you're getting on that plane. We're going to mainline Canada Dry Ginger Ale, and you're coming, and we're celebrating our event because it was such a hit. I said, oh, well, enjoy, and congratulations. So it ended up being a really great little ride. Tyrone was good. Andrew was fabulous, and we were flexible. (laughs) It worked out good. And probably a little drunk, but that's okay. A wee bit, but not much because it wasn't really like that. It was really fun, but the people watching was fun. We watched people cha-cha on the corner. And, oh, well, that's um, always a good time. But there were people who had a little bit too much to drink, and they had their tongues down each other's throats. And oh, that's gross. Yeah, it was gross. Actually, it was not pleasant. Luckily, they left to go, you know, finish each other off somewhere in the docks. <laughs> so we were happy about that. Speaking of a uh, having your tongue down people's throats and finishing yes. off in the docks, I understand yes. you went to Chinatown the next day. I did, and it was my idea. I've never been, and we we drive by it a lot. You know, when you're in the city, you go, hey, there's Chinatown, because you see all the red lanterns. And so I told Daryl, I said, you know, we're two blocks away from Chinatown. We've never been. Let's go walk over there and see what it's all about. And so I looked on Yelp, and I said, these are the best places for dim sum. It's good, good Mong Kok Bakery. <laughs> they have the best dim sum in the city so let's dim go and it's sum, dim, dim sum does it have weed in it i don't think well, so I, okay i don't know what it had in it but we waited in this long line with a bunch of chinese people to get into this bakery to order dim sum it was fresh now how do you uh, know you weren't in the line to get into the casino shuttle bus because it was obvious. Okay. It was obvious. So we're waiting in this line to go to this bakery to get dim sum. I'm excited because it's an adventure and I I know this sounds weird. It's not racist. The Chinese culture scares me. I don't know what it is about Chinese anything. It's the it's, fear it, of I the unknown. The, I like the food, but the culture is... it. It always, whenever I was learning about Chinese culture from ancient China, I always felt it was so incredibly barbaric. Now, I realize that all ancient cultures are quite barbaric, but there, for whatever reason, there was something about the Chinese culture that rubbed me the wrong way. And so I, don't I was always, know that they were allies, but I don't remember. I don't know, but, but, but I just always felt it was so shockingly frightening and i don't know specifically when that happened but it was sometime in my childhood so i was always afraid of so yet and yet you were about to put a white wrapped you know ball in your mouth exactly so i said i am going to 
learn more and I'm going to try to be a part, you know, I'm trying, I'm going to try to embrace this culture because I owe it to myself to not be afraid of something I know just because I don't know anything about it. And I said, we're going to Chinatown and we're not going to the touristy part. We're going to go to the real part. So we went to the real part. We turned the corner and there is a old woman, Chinese, screaming at the bus leaving. And I'm on my phone looking for directions to this place. Daryl has turned into me. And he said, put your phone away. Just walk. Don't look at anybody. And I said, what is wrong with you? He said, we don't know where we are. And, you know, we're not in a touristy part. And so we need to be a little more aware of ourselves. I said, you know what? If we were in a black neighborhood, you would not be acting like this. Does he want you guys to try and blend in or something? There was no blending in. We were the tallest people on the street. Well, I mean, and I'm just saying, I mean, clearly you guys were tourists. I said, honey, I said, we are surrounded by old Chinese people. No one's going to rob us, first of all. They probably have more money than we do, second. And we're just going to the freaking bakery to get dim sum. I'm sure it's fine. He was so nervous. He was wow. so nervous. wonder if that's his kryptonite. Well, it was a little unknown, I think, is why. And he wasn't sure where we were. And I said, this is the dude that got us lost in downtown San Diego. And you're worried about a two blocks of Chinatown. Calm down. We're good. We're good. I wasn't worried. So we get inside and it's very crowded. And there's like eight people working this in this four foot diameter place. And they have trays and trays and trays of dim sum. All they had were shrimp dumplings that day. So it was shrimp and chive dumplings, which were the big white dumplings. And then shumai are these little fried uh, pastry with meat inside them. There's chicken and beef. Daryl said, I don't know if we should get the beef after they were already getting it for us because they couldn't get to it because nobody orders it. And so we got a couple of everything. We went across the street and sat down at these steps in front of this closed bank. So we're sitting down. We ate. Now, the the dumpling was incredibly fresh, like super duper fresh. The problem is I'm not a big fan of shrimp because I'm kind of allergic to it. But Daryl ate most of it. And he thought it was good. So we did it have <laughs> like a dipping sauce? No, no. Oh, none of really? That. No, it's authentic. It's there's no nothing. So we ate that. I took <laughs> I took a bite of the beef shumai, and I took a bite and I looked at it and I said, "Have you eaten this yet?" He goes, "No." And I go, "Is this hamburger?" He goes, "I don't think so." And I was like, "Well, it tastes bad in my mouth." And I spit it out and I was like, "I can't eat it. I'm sorry." And so he we tried the, he tried the chicken. I was done after that. I took two bites of, of two things, and I was done. So you spent $7 for two bites. I'm not cut out for authentic dim sum, apparently, because it was not the best of anything for me. I mean, it just wasn't. And maybe it is. I mean, we saw people coming out with bags and bags of food, but I simply, yeah, I couldn't do it. But I did have an equivalent of probably two shumai plus the dumpling. And, um, I have been paying for it ever since. <gasps> yeah. You've been I sick. Have, I have had intestinal distress today would be no today. I did have loose bowels today too. And it has been four days. The next day, Paula swear to God, couldn't leave the house. I had diarrhea all effing day, all day. My guts were sore the next day. Oh, I had so I told Daryl last night, I said, I hope I don't have like a worm or something. Well, I was just going to say, if it doesn't go away, you should call the doctor. I'm afraid to even know. I mean, 
I mean, I, I mean, I clearly, I've lost the pound that I was so worried about. I'll tell you that much. And you know what will happen is if you do have to go to the doctor, the only way for them to verify that it's parasite is Poo. to give them a stool sample. Mm-hmm. I, it's so liquefied. I don't even, I mean, <laughs> they're like, we asked for a stool sample, not enchilada salsa. Well, this, this is it. <laughs> this is all you're getting, unfortunately. <laughs> If you just can't handle only getting your ugly truth one time a week, make sure to hang out with the Uggs on their social networks. Go to ugleetruth.com or search for us on Facebook and Twitter. And now, back to the truth. I'm getting tired of your shit. You don't never buy me nothing. See, every time you Dumplings, your little dumpling is going to become a jock. Well, yes, that's the plan. So, um, as I've mentioned, there's been many, many activities that have been tossed in the air. And um, so we finally settled on flag football. And Mm -hmm. so I got a call. Well, he was supposed to start his clinic, like, I think a week ago, Saturday. Okay. Or something like that. But he wound up getting strep throat. I kid you not, oh, literally that's right. literally five days into school he got strep throat. So gross. And I'm like, Are you freaking kidding me? And but I've had other friends on Facebook post like say, you know, like seven days into school, home with yeah. home with the flu, you know. It happens. And it's I'm true. Just like yeah. every nose pick, non hand wash. <sighs> Coughing with my mouth open, wiping shit. God, I'm just (laughs) and I'm like, and he's almost ten. Like, come on now, kids. We we can. Maybe that's the problem. Is you know that the Olivia, the the first grade class, they always you know do the germ spray. You know before they go out to play, after they come in from playing. You know before you know yeah after lunch, and so I mean, which is why little Miss is not sick. There's a routine, right? But you know, with the rest of the uh, nine and ten year olds, they just leave them up to their own devices. So yes. Anyways, so he wasn't able to go to um, the first the clinic, the first clinic. Oh. Okay. So we were a little nervous because I'm just like, gosh, you know, I hope it's not the kind of thing where it's like if you don't show up, then they count you out. And right. so we got a call and it's just like, well, hello, the, my name is Coach Sean and blah, blah, Aww. blah. And, you know, um, we've been doing this for a few years now. And uh, so, you know, we're very excited to have Ryan on the team. And so we're the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> 
Oh. And I'm just like, why do they have to give them names? But whatever. Can't they have, like, can't, why can't they be the Oakland Raiders? That's, well, Brian said, why can't we be the 49ers? And I said, I don't know. Because the 49ers are horrible <laughs> and the Oakland Raiders are better. And then I'm just so, I'm like, why can't you guys be the Patriots and deflate your own footballs and, right, you know, anything. all that anyway, stuff. Anyway, okay, but, so he's the Vikings. So he's the Vikings. So practice, this is the funny part. Practice is on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7.30. Okay. And then it's also on Saturdays from 9 to 10. All right. And so when I told Ryan, I said, well, it's Saturdays 9 to 10. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, that's kind of late. And I said, no, son. I said, it's and in the morning. He's like, in the morning? Like, <laughs> he was shocked. And I, he's your, he is your son. Totally. And I said, trust me, young man. I said, this is no, uh, <laughs> nothing I'm looking forward to myself. Oh, God. And so, no, I know you guys did swim and you had to get up really early, but. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. That, that nine o'clock would have been like a gift. We were we were at the pool coherent. Well, I wasn't, but we were at the pool there, dressed with children swimming by seven. It's ridiculous! It is, but then you're done and you get to go home and enjoy the rest of your day. Well, that's so what that's how I that's look what at everybody it. says. But I'm like, yeah. by the time you get home, you're exhausted because you've got up at the freaking crack of dawn. But it's true. But it, you know what? You have to make these sacrifices. I know. It it toughens him up. And you, for that matter. God. (laughs) Okay. I felt kind of dumb at the end of the conversation with the coach because, um, (laughs) you know, we talked about, well, I should have felt dumb for many reasons because I don't know what I'm doing. But um, that's okay. we were talking and I, I was asking him, like, you know, is there any like athletic apparel that you know we need to buy and are there any outfits he needs you know and he says well he says um they do have cleats special for football mm-hmm. he says so maybe before like game time you know if he wants to get a pair yeah. that's fine that'd be great and so i said okay and then i'm like i don't know if there's any other moms on the team i said but is there like a snack schedule or anything and he's like um, for the older boys, not really, but <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. He says, yes. so we just kind of let them eat when they get home. <laughs> oh God. Because you know, they're not babies. Well, hey, hey just no, like I, a year or two ago, it was like, you know, strict rules. You had to bring like a juice pouch and a snack, you know, for right. all 20 kids. I agree. And let me tell you, the cheerleaders for football, you know, because Malia cheered for junior football, they had, we had to provide snacks for those girls yeah. at halftime. But the difference is, is that the boys don't get those time. There's no, they get water jugs that they all put their filthy little mouths on to get water. I did see that. There were, mm-hmm. there were these two orange jugs there and Ryan yes. had his own water, but yes. I did see all of them drinking out of there and I'm like, that's just gross. He's going to do it. And that's, you know what? It's good for him. It'll build up his tolerance to germs. Oh, good. We can get strep again. You won't get strep. It'll be fine. It's, it, it's toughens him up. It, this is the, this is when he becomes a man and when he learns how to be tough, this is good yeah. for him. So, I'm so proud of you, <clears throat> by the way, for letting him do this. Yes. I really am. I, I'm so impressed. So we were watching him, and Victor told me to take Olivia to the playground after two times I yelled. I'm like, all right, bear! <laughs> so he's like, why don't you take Olivia to the playground? I'm like, why? all right. Because I kept shouting, like, 
you know, go bear, and you know, Were I you can't, embarrassing him. Yes, I no. was. Because I, I, I can't just, you know, say Ryan. It's well, always... You know what? You can say whatever you want when the games are going. It's so exciting. Yeah, no one will hear me. but oh, yeah. um, It's so exciting. So we were watching him, and we f- saw a couple areas of where he can um, practice on. So we're going to get a football, and we'll practice. Good. But, I mean, I'm sure that they'll practice with him as well. You yes. Know, on, and so... They did, like, right before practice was over, they did a couple lineups, mm-hmm. and Ryan was the snapper. Awesome. So, I, initially, I'm like, what? I'm like, that, that's all he does? I'm like, he just... No, then he becomes part of the line. And he, anyways, he's he's very excited about it. In fact, last night, he got upset because I found a new way to threaten him with <gasps> punishment. You won't go to he, practice. That's what I told him. Good job. And so, um, he, he had, was like a couple chapters behind on this book that they're reading on the Donner party. Oh. And so I just said, Ryan, I'm like, if you don't get caught up on your, your homework and your chapters, I said, then you don't go to practice on Saturday. I said, you like, have oh. to do, I said, you have to do homework in school Good. before you do fun stuff. That's right. Sports, so sports comes you know, second. So this is good. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear how he does and what he ends up really loving. And I'm just so excited about all of it. Yeah, so so it'll be good. And then since I've had some time on my hands, um, I decided to volunteer in the kids' class, which I've never done before. Are you doing both classes? I'm doing both classes. So I do Olivia on Monday. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Well, so what did you do? I mean, because there's like a variety of things you can do in a teacher's So in Olivia's class, I guess they separate into reading groups. And so I'll be like conducting a reading group. So you'll have a group. Okay. Yeah, I did that. I'll have a group of kids. Yeah, I've done it all. And and you know, the six-year-olds, they're they're still cute. So I I can handle those. Well, so you think. (laughs) <laughs> there's That's always true, one, huh? Paula. There's, there's always one. Yeah, that one's probably mine. So. And not only that, but the teacher will pull you aside and she will tell, tell you, I just want to give you a little heads up on little Jimmy. <laughs> it's just you just got to kind of deal with it. And the once warning. he knows the once he knows the parameters of the, of the classroom, they settle in fairly quickly, but they will try to push the newbies to see what they can get away with. Right. And that's what you that will be your challenge. Mm-hmm. Curious how you're going to do in Ryan's class. From what I understand is it, it might just be like being like a teacher assistant almost, like grading papers or uh-huh. things like that, which I that's not really what I thought it was going to be. But I guess right. if that's all it is, then that's all it is. Paperwork. But when I told Ryan I was volunteering in his class, he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong, son? And he's like, I just he's like, I just don't want you to like, you know, like say anything to anyone and I'm like what do you mean <laughs> like what to protect I said what you think I'm gonna embarrass you and he's like kind of and I'm like well oh, what do you think I'm gonna no. embarrass you with he's like I just don't want to say you to say anything to some of the guys that like you know oh, I didn't God. get along with before oh he's afraid you're gonna like go hey little shit yeah I so heard he, what you did at kickball you little asshole he kind of knows me well because he does know that I probably have ulterior motives like being in the class but um, do you though do you do you want to are you trying to eye these kids are you trying to eyeball these little jerks out I just want to be there and <laughs> be a presence and and <laughs> let them know that he's my son and 
and I'm that's his going mom. To, that's going to go well for you. <laughs> I know. Now, you always get pissed when you think people think you're feeble. Your son is not feeble. He is not a wimp. He is no. not a wimp, Paula. You have got to let this go. And, you know, the the risks are so minor compared to the benefits of, of kids, especially young boys, boys in organized sports. If they have good coaches, it's the best thing that can happen to a young man. It yeah. really is. I'm such a, a proponent on organized sports for kids if you have good coaches. I'm not talking about the abusive a-holes. I'm talking about the ones that are genuinely interested in molding these young men into assertive, strong, confident young guys. And I yeah. think that... And we have a really good coach. You're you can gonna, tell. Then, then Ryan will love it. And pretty soon you'll get sick of him saying, well, Coach Sean said that I should be doing this or that. You'll be like, like well, you know why what? Coach Sean be your mom? Exactly. Well, <laughs> Coach Sean doesn't live with us. Would you want to talk to Coach Sean? And the one day he he goes, well, maybe. That's it! Get out! <laughs> It'll happen. That is so funny. Yeah. Well, I'll have to tell you the day of his first game if oh you guys want to go. Must. You so must. I can't wait. I will let you know. Um, I'm so Tell him how proud we are. We're so I proud will. of him. And it's, you, by the way, because I know this is a big deal. He is your baby. And there's something about your firstborn, especially when it's your son. You want nothing to happen to them. You're just, it's so natural. I do understand. I'm not minimizing your protection, by the way, because I absolutely understand. I have done it. I've done it. It's just, the, it's, I just want him to have the confidence. And, I, and I think it's because, you know, I know what a great kid he is. He's a, an amazing kid. And I'm and so, so, I want him to feel well, the know, same way. You know how much I love your children. No, of course. God, of I course. just love them to death. All right. Well, we should probably move on to our ugly and awkward moment of the week. So the kids go to bed at night. You know, Victor works nights. And so sometimes, like, when I go in the kitchen or go to the bathroom, I always check on them, respectively, just to, you know, make sure they're covered and you know still breathing yeah you know just usual stuff yes and so i checked on ryan and um our 11 year old cat toby has taken a liking to ryan for some reason interesting and and so toby has been sleeping in ryan's room for the last you know several months Mm. and so He's in his bed, but they're almost like cuddling. It was really cute. And so I sneak out and I get my phone because I'm like, oh, I want to take a picture. And so I go and I and I I could never work my damn phone. I don't know why (laughs) when it comes to pictures and things. So I go to tap it and then I hit the button and it's like, and I'm like, what the (laughs) happen you know and it, it's and it was on video so i was recording them and i'm like god damn it and so i, I hit the to- back button i'm like i just want to take a thing so then i'm tapping on it trying to get it to focus but because i don't have auto focus or auto you know flash on it won't focus oh, and geez. so i'm like damn it you know so suddenly ryan starts stirring and then I'm standing there with my phone, like, facing him. And then he opens his eyes, and he's just like, Mom? He's like, what are you doing? And you're like, um, I'm like, nothing. I'm like, you, you, the cat looked really cute, and I was trying to take a picture, but I couldn't figure out my phone. And 
just just go back to bed. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, everyone. So I asked him the next day if he remembered it, and he said no. But oh, how funny! I'm like, but it was just he's like, mom, like, what are you what are you doing? Like, I'm I like, don't know. And I was like, I I don't know. I really I, don't. I really don't know what's happening in my life anymore that I can't. I mean, use a phone. I, wow. It's just so you're just it's really the old picture. now. I am. I'm getting the jitter the jitterbug. What's the jitterbug? The phone that has numbers and yes and no. Oh. Oh, well, you know what? That would be very helpful for you. I think so. That's a good idea. You can't take any pictures, but... Well, you clearly can't. So, no need. Well, that's true. I have no... Yeah, I have no... So, you don't need to know how to do it because you clearly don't know how. (laughs) So... You figure it out and I'll be like... That's so funny. Well, mine is... Okay, so after we left the city Sunday morning, uh, after our Chinatown debacle... We got in our car and decided to cross the Golden Gate Bridge because we never cross the Golden Gate Bridge. And we're c- going into Tiburon and Marie and the uh, Marin Valley and all that stuff where all the really, really rich people live, like where Robin Williams lived and stuff. I hope you had $20. No, it's toll free when you're going, when you're leaving the city. Oh, it that's doesn't cost nice. money. It's only when you're going into the city that it costs. So anyway, we were so we were leaving, and it was a beautiful day. So we decided to stop into Napa on our way home because it's actually it is a little bit of a long way home, but we really didn't have anywhere to go, and we had some time, so we thought, why not? It'll be fun. So we went to our very favorite winery, Domaine Carneros, which is the champagne mothership for us. Right. And so we decided to stop in and, and have a glass before we went home. So we get there. Now, we had been driving for about an hour because there was some traffic. And we and it is the long way. Whenever you leave the city through the Golden Gate Bridge, there's just no shortcuts to anything. It's all the long way. So I had to go to the bathroom. And so in the VIP, the member section, we have our own bathroom. And so I headed over there. Now, the one thing about me is I can never... I'm never confident that I have locked a bathroom door. And so I will, especially in public, and when it's one of those places where it's the door leads to the bathroom, there's not like stalls or anything. Right. So I go in and I press the button to lock it and I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's locking. So I I opened it again and then I locked it. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's working or not. I'll just put my purse in front of the door so if if someone opens it or so it can hang on it and open it for you right so i pee there's no toilet paper it had clearly been a busy day so i had to kind of wiggle my butt a little bit so Mm -hmm. i could get up and reach for the tissues on the counter so i grabbed i was was like quickly quick like a bunny grab three tissues proceeded to take care of business and right when I dropped the tissues into the toilet, someone just barreled open <laughs> the door because I had not locked it. And, of course, I'm standing there. I'm standing because I had just grabbed tissues. So I'm standing with my pants around my knees, and I buckle my knees, and I made some really weird noise. <laughs> I was right, like, like ah! I was, ah! Like that, really loud. And the lady's like, uh, sorry. <laughs> Shut the door. And I'm like, I must have looked ridiculous. Like, she a simple, be, I'm in here. It's anything <laughs> would have been better than what I did. And so I finished up. And of course, she's still waiting. So I opened them. I'm like, sorry again. Walked I, out. I would have just looked down and not looked at her. Well, at she, had, she had shades on. So it was fine. So I go to sit down. And of course, they're seated right next to us. 
for the entire time. Are you time. freaking kidding me? Nope. The whole oh time. And I'm God. like, well. And they were probably just laughing. You know what? She didn't mention anything. And I didn't mention anything either. I would have had they not been sitting right next to us. But I decided that Daryl can hear about the story when he edits the show. Because I just couldn't bring myself to discuss it. And be that girl who couldn't get over herself that somebody came in and saw her thighs, you know, when she was trying to flush the toilet. Well, so she didn't see, like, you know, your well, it's parts. It's not like I was my legs spread open. Oh, pardon what? me, I'm wiping. Well, you know? I mean, I wasn't sure, like, if, you know, you were, like, squatting or I bent was back squatting, down. But, but I buckled my legs and covered, like, covered, because I had already deposited the tissues into the bowl, okay. luckily. But had I not, it would have been even worse. And, you know, goddamn, don't, you know, take your time <laughs> shutting the door, lady. You know, that was the other thing. I'm like, what is she, tr- what are you trying to get, a peek? You have the same thing you I do. You never know. Yeah. You are close to the Bay Area. She could have... Yeah. Thought you were a good-looking wool. Good-looking wool. It's true. So that's my (laughs) awkward moment. Well, that's a good one. I think that's this week's winner. (sighs) Bathroom always trumps anything, so. Always. Always. (laughs) Okay, well. Well, I think that's a wrap for this week. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Like we said, you know, keep downloading, keep listening. Um, We still have on our radar an interview with MasterChef's uh, contestant, Nick Nappy. He is, as of right now, uh, top five uh, left on MasterChef, which airs on Fox, uh, your local Fox channel, on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So we will be talking with him hopefully sooner than later. Yes, our our people and and his people have uh, connected. We do have our tentative date scheduled, but we're never going to, you know, we're not going to announce it's done until it's done because right. you just never know. These these showbiz people, you just never know. Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So, um we're looking forward to that. But other than that, Keep on keeping on, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. That's it for this week. We truly appreciate you listening and sharing the ugly truth with your friends and family. Until next time, get all the truth you need at UglyTruth.com and stay ugly, my friends.